Why don't we get the Queen's and Book tokens instead of a yacht? Will Goldie Horn ever grow too old to be hot? Hello listeners and welcome to the first Answer Me This of 2012 and we are now officially five years old. That's right, woo. Because uh, That's a very (laughs) underwhelmed sounding Woo When I started this in 2007 I had no intention to be doing it in 2012 I've put on at least three stones since then Woo And your back's quite bad It is Ollie's got a hot water bottle tucked behind it Yeah, but that's to help me through the show It's not getting him down No, you won't know, listeners I'm going to be full of fun as always Yeah, woo Full of beans Because for our uh, fifth birthday You've been sending us beans And Ollie has been (laughs) undiscriminatingly eating the beans Without even cooking them first Uh, Anyway, you've been sending us cards and stuff to the uh, postal address which is on our website so go check it out yes you've been sending us lots of cards from all over the world so thank you very much very flattering and also thank you very much to uh, the people who sent us food that has been making us big and jiggly and fat <laughs> yeah. uh, there was someone actually who works for one of the major supermarkets in the country we they've asked us not to mention their name or the name of the supermarket because they'll well, get in trouble but anyway thanks for that thanks we did that. appreciate that quality produce well, lovely, yeah. and also thank you very much to Kate of Cake Poppins in Newcastle who sent us some cake pops which look like cute little pandas and kittens this is weird mm. isn't it so explain what a cake pop is I know the name kind of does the job for you but I'd never heard of such a thing well if you can imagine say a sphere on a stick like a lollipop or the moon on a stick sounds like my dream lady but it's made of cake and then it's covered in a kind of chocolatey icing and painted to look like a panda or a cute kitten yeah sounds like my dream lady (laughs) so no boobs Uh, no legs (laughs) spherical edible kitty it's not just about the food though and the free gifts that you've been sending us nice though those are we did genuinely set up the PO box just to get some cards and we got some really nice like proper fifth birthday cards can I can I just uh, open one now? Oh, this one's irritating. Okay, so that's quite it's funny. Of, and then it just keeps going cards. on. Gets, oh. It's... It, <laughs> I haven't had one of these noisy cards since I was about 12 where I thought they are the most exotic thing in all the world. But it's like a three minute long dialogue that goes on between those two dingoes on the front of the card when you open it. It's from Luke in Brisbane, Australia. So thank you, Luke. We got another very impressive card from Chris from Cardiff, Australia. And he made us embroidered bookmarks with our names those are lovely they're absolutely amazing they are in red and yellow so they do look quite a lot like Watford football club supporters things or very decorative rashes of bacon but probably the best handmade card that we've had (laughs) is this one uh, which comes to us from Will Uh, it's made out of a fag packet a Hamlet's fine cigars fag packet Uh, but he's written on the front happy birthday AMT and then crossed out the medical warning so it says (laughs) have fun with others around you Uh, and on the back answer me this may reduce the blood flow and causes impotence <laughs> that is true uh, so that's been that. my experience very inventive one of my favorite things ollie i think was sent to the wrong p.o box okay because it's a, a large document from the finance department of the north wales police <laughs> well i don't know what you mean helen we're called answer me this we'll handle any inquiry and it's an invoice for reimbursement for expenses incurred for officers attending Olympic Additionality Close Protection Training Day. Wow. £577.60. We could get arrested. That's what they got Al Capone for, mail fraud. <laughs> At least we're keeping it quiet, eh? Um. <laughs> but what people have also been sending us while we've been on our break, of course, are questions. Yeah. And here is one from Kyle from London, who said, whilst browsing for Christmas presents... 
I came across an exciting and unique opportunity. Right. The chance to purchase a plot on the moon for a mere 20 quid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fortunately for my loved ones, I resisted temptation. But, Ollie, answer me this. Firstly... Who would purchase such a ludicrous gift when anyone could knock one off on a PC for free? Um, me. Really? Yeah, I've, I've bought one of those, yeah. Oh, who are you trying to impress? Someone in Dawson's Creek, probably, where they do things like, oh, I've named the star for you. It's probably that one up there. And then they sit looking at it for four hours. I don't think it was that romantic, actually. I think it was a secret Santa one here in the office. Oh. Because uh, the year before, I'd got what I thought was an absolute solid gold diamond secret Santa purchase. You got someone a solid gold diamond for secret Santa? No, that would have been good. No, it was um, it was a wine... You can make it sound rubbish now. <laughs> it was a wine cooler from... Uh, Made out of platinum! <laughs> from Bowdoin. Within the secret Santa price bracket, and- isn't it? Exactly. as good as a solid gold diamond. Well, the thing is, the person that I gave it to happened not to know that it was from me and slagged it off to my face. <gasps> Actually, I happened to know this girl was an alcoholic, so I thought she'd love it. Maybe she wanted to guzzle it down so quickly, didn't have time for it to cool. It hardly touches the sides. She's anyway, probably in denial. The following year, anyway, I thought I'll get something a little bit more maverick, so that's what I got. I got the, the piece of the moon for about 20 quid. Well, he has um, a second question. He says, secondly, does anyone own the moon? Well, Helen, according to the 1967 United Nations Outer Space Treaty, yes, uh, countries are forbidden from owning the moon. Doesn't matter. (laughs) But in smaller print, but the Americans touched it first, so they're going to call dibsies. (laughs) Yeah, just to be clear. Shotgun, I get the Lake of Tranquility. (laughs) Um, But there's this bloke in uh, Nevada, a guy called Dennis Hope. He was the guy who studied this treaty and says that he found a loophole. Uh, which is what created this weird business of selling Moonland. Because he says you can't own it if you're a country, but mm. it doesn't say anything, doesn't say anything, Helen, about owning the moon if you're an individual. Ooh. So obviously mm. anyone can point at the moon and say, that's, I, that's my bit, that's that. Yeah. Going to yeah. put an extension on there, going to get a barbecue out in the summer. I don't normally approve of this, but surely the expression possession is nine-tenths of the law is going to come into place when the first person with an actual rocket goes, well, actually, I think I'll have it. And then they put up a fence, so you can't come in there, crater. Well, this is the thing. When Richard Branson, or more realistically, Sam Branson, by the time they ever fucking take off, goes up there <laughs> and actually says, right, I'm here, this is mine. What are you going to do about it with your little certificate in Peterborough? Wait, you're not going to say, no, hold on. <laughs> I paid 1675 for that, Branson. I bought this in the back of the... Saturday Telegraph magazine. <laughs> Does that carry no weight in intergalactic law? Not on the moon. Gravity is very weak. Well, uh, from one weird <laughs> shopping experience to another, uh, this is from Matt, who says, I did some online grocery shopping the other day. Right. Answer me this, listeners. Live in the dream. No, they live in their houses and they never leave them, not even to buy food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're basically militiamen. And I noticed peace pudding. That's peas. Peas, but yeah, but it's not peas, is it? That's the nature of the question. But it's pronounced peas. All right, whatever. P-E-A-S-E, right? Yeah. Peas pudding as an on-sale option. Yeah, I'd imagine that peas pudding is rarely at full price. Yeah, yeah I think that's <laughs> probably right. Uh, I was reminded of the old nursery rhyme which referred to it. Oh, yeah. Food, glorious food, hot sausage and mustard. That's not a nursery rhyme. <laughs> a nursery rhyme would be like, Jack and Jill go up the hill, they eat a massive peace pudding. It keeps them going right to the top of the hill and then they fall down the hill because they're so full of peace pudding. And they have the shits for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Probably bind them, actually. 
Anyway, so that's so is that yeah. you reckon he's referring to the musical well, number food, really glorious food from Oliver, jelly and custard. Okay, fine. He's pudding and salmon. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Oh, All the foods, of course. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I decided to buy a tin for the first time ever as a novelty. I was flummoxed, therefore, to receive the tin and find it wasn't a pudding. Although a pudding in a tin is still not going to be a tasty pudding, is it? Foolishly, on reflection, I realised it contained no peas. Well, it contains pulses, and a lot of people call those peas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the serving suggestion on the can is from the 80s. Like so many of them are, it was the premium time for food modelling a sprig of curly parsley. Yeah, I guess the 80s they didn't have so many TV chefs, did they? So people really needed inspiration on the packets of food itself as to what to do with it. They had no idea what it should look like. They didn't have Jamie Oliver telling them to put a bucket of olive oil on it. Matt continues, the serving suggestions on the can are from the 80s and seem to want me to make bloody volivons or similar pastry goods with it. There's no blood in the can, is there? Uh, so Helen, answer me this. What can I do with the contents of this tin of peas pudding? Can you recap what peas pudding actually is? I can't really remember. Well, it's like a kind of hummus or mushy pea equivalent, but made from a different type of pulse. Quite an earthy pulse. Yeah, and served warm, and they used to boil it with some bacon, so the bacon yeah. gave it flavour, but the bulk was provided by a very cheap ingredient. Uh-huh. So it'd be nice ham- with a bit of pork belly or something yeah, well, like that. Yeah, ham hock is a quite a traditional accompaniment. Some say that you could kind of slice it up from the tin and, and fry it and use that to accompany things right others say you could put it on your face to freak people out and <laughs> you've got a nasty case of leprosy mm-hmm. now these are email questions of course but there are other ways to get in touch with us through our app and also of course on the phone line the number for which is or you can skype answer me this and what better way to kick off the year than with one of our favorite callers all right. Ha- Happy New Year. Oh, he doesn't even feel the need to say his name anymore. He's so comfortable with us now, his <laughs> podcast family members. Podcast legend, Dave from Smethwick. What has he been wondering about in this new year? Well, I was with someone the other day, and they said, we're all three of us having a chat. And one night, Clive, he says... You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Who was talking about summit? And the other, the other mate, he said, "Well, that's that's a catch twenty-two there." And Helen uh, and Ali answer me this: Where does the term catch twenty-two when they say you're damned if you do, and you, where does the term where does it come from? It's just a catch twenty one and a twenty three and a like a catch seventeen. You know, where's the term? I don't know how to answer me this. Where's the term catch twenty two come from? All right. Bye. I know where the phrase catch twenty two comes from. Obviously, the Joseph Heller book Catch Twenty Two, but I'm very embarrassed to say never I've never it. read it. No, I've never seen either. the film adaptation. However, Martin. Thinks highly of the book, Martin. It's brilliant. It's a really good book. I cannot recommend it enough. And why is it a catch-22 and not a catch-other-numbers-Dave intimates? I don't know if it has any significance. I think he just sort of struck lucky with that one. Yeah. Because you look at the rest of his oeuvre. Oeuvre. Something happened. It's quite good. We bombed in New Haven. That's not going to take off in common parlance. Closing time. I mean, that's the sequel. No, it's a semi-sonic song, Martin, is what it is. Well, here's a question from Shirley from Peterborough, who says... I've been a fan of Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie since the early days of A Bit and Fry and Laurie. All right, you're not special. 
on through Jeeves and Worcester, won't we all? Yeah. Via Peter's friends, will that mm. have aged well? Yeah, <laughs> they probably better in the memory <laughs> than if you actually. I'm too scared it. to watch it. Yeah. Past Hugh's wilderness years and Stephen's global takeover as a quiz host. And to be fair, he had wilderness years as well. He had a proper breakdown. Isn't it weird to think there was a time when Stephen Fry was a rare commodity? Yeah. Like it was a treat to hear him on the radio. Shirley Dreekup says, so she stuck with them past Hughes Wilderness years and Stephen's global takeover as quiz host, technophile, polymath and national treasure. Mm. And finally, to Hughes' reincarnation as house and now blues musician. Yeah, that's a bit... Mm. I'm Too not many interested. Things. Are you interested in Hugh Laurie playing the blues? No. Shirley says, I sometimes ponder upon how their relationship must have developed over the years. Mm-hmm. So do Ollie and I occasionally, uh, <laughs> as we see ourselves very much in their vein. Uh, <laughs> but there is one other area which I'm particularly curious about. So, Ollie, answer me this. Who earns the most money, Fry or Laurie? Ooh. Laurie. That's what I thought immediately. Yeah, I thought yeah. House pays, what, hundreds of thousands of dollars an episode? Uh, $700,000. Bloody hell! How do you know that? Uh, because it's in the Guinness Book of World Records. What, is the biggest amount anyone's been paid to play House? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> mostly it's just kids. Highest paid actor ever in a TV drama. Bloody hell, Matt LeBlanc must be furious. <laughs> and, uh, and also he's now the spokesface for L'Oreal, isn't he? Or something like the that. The spokesface? Yes. <laughs> That sounds really unpleasant. It sounds like Hellraiser. Yeah. He's got a clock on his face. Yeah. Uh, he is, yes. So, so he's going to be raking it in from that. Because also, how many episodes of House are there? There are about 20 per series at least. He's the most watched leading man on television worldwide. So basically, with House, he's earning, let's say, at least 14 million a year. And then yeah. he's got L'Oreal. Yeah. Then he's got all the royalties off his blues album, which I'd imagine at least 20 quid. Whereas Stephen Fry... Doing although very he, well. Doing very well. And although he is everywhere and he does do commercials, which are obviously quite lucrative, he also does mm. quite a lot for the BBC which and we can testify doesn't pay that well <laughs> I mean something like Stephen Fry in America I reckon he probably got 50 grand for that it's not in the 700 grand category is it Death is no no at the risk of saying it's like no being big in America is a bigger deal than being big in Britain there are more people in America that's right do you know as well Hugh Laurie is now a best selling author in France really what was that <laughs> from the gun seller from the gun seller slightly ropey book that he wrote 20 years ago yeah because house is so massive in France it's called uh, Maison in France of course <laughs> I've got a question Email your question to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. 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 Righto, time for a question from Lauren, age 15, from Cornwall. Uh, who says, I have a problem. I bet you do. Like many people who are 15, it's a very difficult time. Mm, yeah. I don't know why people are so nostalgic about their teenage years. They're really difficult. Crap. I read something about that. It's to do with the physiology of being that age and how your first experiences of certain important hormonal things kind of get burned on your brain. Yeah, they are very ardent, yeah. but I still wouldn't want to have them again. Sure, but when you say, why do people get nostalgic? It's kind of because like everything felt more, didn't it? All your sexual fantasies felt more, all of your jealousy, all of your anger. Also, got my fir- first real sex string. Uh, Lauren says, uh, I have a problem. My mum wants me to be head girl and i don't fair enough 
The role has way too much responsibility. Damn right, and where's the fun? It's like being a policeman without the pay or the weaponry. Uh, I would actually have to pay attention in lessons, Lauren continues. Oh, why? Because um, the head pupil has to be a high achiever. I suppose, yeah. Well, has to, well, yeah, people have to aspire to be them, don't they? They have to be showing the right presentation of the school, I suppose. A god amongst humans. Um, <laughs> but my mum wants to, as she put it, live through me. Uh- Oh. Very honest. She, she, she said that. Yeah, I'm very honest with the mum to she say said, that. She said, I'm really annoyed that that Munchausen by proxy syndrome didn't really take. <laughs> this is my next trick. It's funny, most proxy mums are like, oh, it's really what she wants. She wants to go to ballet eight she hours wants, a day. She yeah. wants, she wants, she yeah, wants. Yeah. She wants to be chess champion. She wants to go to St Hilda's College at 12 to study maths. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredibly annoying as we're not alike. But I have an interview soon with the head teacher and governors and other important people for the role. And I don't know how to turn around and say... I don't want to do it. So, Helen, answer me this. How do I flunk my head girl interview without looking like a total twat? Which is what would happen if you were in a TV programme or film. Yes, something very amusing would happen, Smoking with a swear word written across your face, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's what would happen in Glee. Uh, Are there any trigger words that I could use that would send my application to the bin? Well, I think maybe there are, and it's not the method that you seem to be uh, suggesting where you just prove your wholly unworthy of the role because you're a disgusting individual yeah. you go in there and say look my mum really wants me to do this and I'm very flattered that you think I might be suitable to do this but to be honest I'm worried that it will mean I don't have enough time to devote to my studies wow that's yeah. good oh, is that the best luckiest that way is... to get out of it <laughs> that is very good thank you very much Ollie man you won't get me doing things I don't want to do that involve responsibility and effort <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. I'm completely dumbfounded by that because, yeah, there's nothing they can respond. Because I was going to say, if you go in and say, honestly, my mum's pushing me into this, I just don't want to do it. But then that does make you look a bit of a loser. <laughs> Whereas your one, yeah. actually, bit of a lie, better, much better. Much better. Everyone's but, but a winner, aren't they? It does mean that you do have to put in some effort academically. Oh, yeah, but that's true. in order to be in the running, to be the head girl, you probably are quite good at that anyway. Or maybe you could say, is there a position of lesser responsibility and conspicuousness that you could have like in my school you'd be put in charge of the chess club or something like that yeah at my school it was always the environment committee uh every your year school have hierarchy because you went to hippy dippy school yeah i was head boy helen <laughs> i was let me say first of all at my school head boy was something you had to be democratically elected to be and everyone in the school voted and i won Congratulations. Thank you, thank you very much. Bring a tear to my eye even now, Helen. But I'm frightened that tell anyone you, could think you were suitable. Well, I'll tell you the strategy that I used, though. Mm-hmm. I went for the young votes. That was my niche. I campaigned. Oh, like Obama in 2008. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it was brilliant. I actually really enjoyed it. But it was a very yeah, different position to a other school where, yeah, yeah, you're being chosen because you're teacher's pet and you have to do their bidding. And you have to snitch a lot on others, I should I imagine. think it's worth having a go. This girl's assuming that she's a shoo-in for the job. It might be that she does her ever so best and doesn't get it. Then, and then she's got a clear conscience and her mum won't be pissed off with her. Her mum might be pissed off, Martin, because her mum is trying to live through her, which, by the way, no parent has the right to do. Agreed. So I think maybe one of the reasons why Lauren doesn't want it, that it's not just because of what the role involves and she can't be bothered or she doesn't want to be, you know, a tall poppy. Maybe she's trying to rebel against her mum. Maybe she's yeah. saying, I don't want my, what my mum is trying to trammel me into. Because it is a time of your life where you do try and reject what your parents are setting up for yeah, you, even if later yeah. you become them. Yes. Although, if you do really want it, apart from that, do go for it and find another way to piss your mum off. Well, also, I'd say as well, Lauren, maybe talk to a previous head girl. Because it might be that, like, 
when you become president of the USA and you actually find out what Area 51 is <laughs> and why we can't shut down Guantanamo Bay, it might actually be really interesting. <laughs> there might be stuff that you don't know about your school that you get to know if you're a head girl. Where did the geography teacher suddenly disappear to at <laughs> half term and never come back? That's right. What does go on in the staff room? Yeah, why does he have a second house in Thailand? All that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, think about that. Talk to talk to your peers. Ask them, is, is it worth it? Don't just don't do it because your mum wants you to do it. Uh, your mum may need some other focus is there something you can think of to provide her with maybe you should sign her up to a local amateur dramatics group that always (laughs) seems to be very absorbing to people of this kind of mentality or maybe you could do a a swap with her you know maybe you could live vicariously through her in exchange friday (laughs) no but maybe you could maybe there's something that you can't do perhaps because you can't afford to or because you're not old enough and you could send your mum in to do it for you You've confused me. What on earth could fulfil those criteria? Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe get into a local night spot. So That's something you can't do yet. But your mum can go to oh, the club I see. for you. Now yeah. I understand. Then you'll be like, okay, well, I'll be head girl if you go and listen to grime music till five in the morning and get off with Bradley. I'll have some hot flushes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Down and lonely, life is so confusing. I need some answers. Preferably amusing Now I find A podcast that will suit I listen to Helen and Ollie On my half hour commute Well here's a question from Connor from Birmingham Who says, Ollie, answer me this How much is a supermarket trolley worth uh supermarket trolleys well well it's a pound if you go to sainsbury's and you want to release one (laughs) uh yeah but free in the new asda in stamford hill unbelievable yeah um it's uh about 100 quid to buy one really about 100 quid i was thinking maybe even more than that because they're quite substantial mechanisms yeah yeah, they're quite i mean and you know they're 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 quite heavy duty they're industrial they've got to be they've got indeed it's essential I, I ride around in them quite a lot well we actually we may joke Martin but this he's is he's not a, joking no I wasn't joking <laughs> <laughs> this is a genuine fact well according to Wikipedia it's a genuine fact who knows for sure okay it's an Ollie man fact in the USA mm-hmm. 24,000 children each year are injured in shopping carts I'm not surprised. 24,000 children. Especially in America, I'd imagine the carts are bigger and also more people shop at places like Costco where, you know, you can fill a trolley so full of goods that, let me tell you, Wally, I went there the week before my wedding to buy food for the wedding reception. I bent my engagement ring just pushing this massive (laughs) trolley around. If I had a child trapped at the end of the trolley. That's the thing got a three-year-old cruising at the front you forget and drop a panasonic fridge freezer on their head that's got to be bad doesn't it <laughs> exactly <laughs> but twenty-four thousand. if you break that down that's less than 100 a day and given the number oh, of states fine, yeah. that's less than two people two children per state per day which is tiny actually there you are, martin justifying his role on the podcast after all this With time Matt. well from uh, supermarket shopping to something you might buy in a supermarket um uh, ham uh no cheese no shampoo we could play this all day <laughs> it's a very big place grapefruit concentrate a desiree cd capers um, <laughs> Call of duty four. i'm gonna call an end to this okay it's wine it's a question about wine I was, uh, gonna, I was about to say wine yeah it was the next one wasn't it uh it's from nick who says helen answer me this why do wine bottles have that bump in the bottom of them well nick i was told by someone who used to work as a sommelier okay they should was- know they should know, but they said it was so that you could, as a sommelier, put your thumb in the bottom and pour out the wine without dropping it. Oh, and they give also, the bottle a little massage. No, 
not exactly, more just have it kind of cleverly cantilevered yeah, yeah. in your single hand. Yeah. So that you don't have to grip the body of the bottle and warm the wine. That's or good, isn't it? Or I've never otherwise, thought about that. do something vulgar. You know, it's quite classy to be able to reach over and pour the wine from a distance. Yeah. And they also said any wine with a flat bottom bottle is not a good wine. And I've used that as a rule of thumb ever since. Interesting. Can't tell you whether it works, but I have used that as a rule of thumb. But the basic reason for this is just that it makes the glass stronger. The glass is more likely to have stress points if it's just flat. Yes, okay. I thought there might be some yeah. aerodynamic thing. Boring, really. Well, we're talking of shopping, and here's a great question from Jennifer in Cheshire who says, Ollie, answer me this. Do the contestants on Ready, Steady, Cook actually choose their own ingredients? <laughs> what do you think? What do you suspect, Helen? Mm, I know the answer. I've I got the answer I'd never here. thought about this before. I thought perfectly innocently when I used to watch this show, which, by the way, to clue you in, people, if you've never seen it, is uh, two contestants, usually middle-aged women, go on the show. They've got a shopping bag... It's, it's got five pounds worth of food in it. They each get a celebrity chef allocated to them. They empty out the bags. The celebrity chefs have 20 minutes to cook a range of dishes. Yeah. It's like Iron Chef, but It's a, it's a cookery basic show dressed up as a pointless challenge. Yeah. So the conceit is that the contestant has chosen the bag of shopping. And usually they'll say things like, I brought fish because I've never really known what to do with fish. And I brought potatoes because my husband loves potatoes. And here's an onion because onion goes over with everything. Uh-huh. It is usually the case that all of the ingredients in the bag do go quite well together. Yes. So you might have a duck leg, a potato, maybe some plums, yeah. maybe some broccoli, but you probably wouldn't get... A duck leg, some jelly babies. <laughs> but, I mean, people aren't completely stupid. Like, they know that they can't get a duck and a, and a trifle and it's going to go together. Yeah, but you so might I, think... I them, I, I'm going to put, put my lot in with that they, they do choose. And also, you want to win on Ready, Steady, Cook. I don't think you get much of a prize. You get a rubbish hamper. But you want your chef not to be too flummoxed by your range of ingredients. Right. Well, so what do you think, Helen? Do you think I they think, choose? I think they do get to choose, but I wonder whether it's the kind of case where there's, like, a fake supermarket range where there's about 200 different types of ingredients to and they can, just, from. they can just pick five bit or like, six. Yeah, a bit like on The X Factor when they're arguing over what song they get to sing because actually they've only cleared 10 songs yeah. for them to <laughs> sing. You're sort of close, yeah. Okay. I think that, That's not bad. Cool. Uh, I've texted a friend of mine who's actually been on Ready Steady Cook. And did he win? I can't remember. Can't remember. No, anyway. They're all winners. <laughs> um, and this is how he says the process of Ready Steady Cook goes. We had a phone conversation, so presumably him and the producer. Or a researcher, to be honest. Yeah where I listed my favourite foods. Mm-hmm. That took a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't want somebody to go on Ready Steady Cook who wasn't really much of a fooder. That's right. I then turned up and found four of them and a pomegranate. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where they obviously chuck in one random thing, don't they, to help you yeah. flavour, do something a bit unusual. Well, there has got to be that element of jeopardy, that's which right. is the secret of drama. Yeah, yeah. Also worth noting, he says... The chefs genuinely didn't know. Oh, good, ah, good. Uh, their looks of chefly bafflement are 100% authentic and locally sourced. And you can tell that the chefs always hate getting bags which have got pudding ingredients in rather than savoury. Yeah, There's not I'm that sure. much you can do in 20 minutes. Well, exactly, and you've got mm. to give it flair, haven't you? And it's got to mm. taste great because every time on a cooking show at the end, someone's got to put their finger and go, mmm. Mm. And actually with pudding, bit of a risk that they're going to go, ugh. But the thing is with pudding, the flair thing that they can do and they always seem to do is, is make a baked Alaska with that uncooked meringue on top where they've just blowtorched the top. And that's kind yeah. of gross because they've got 20 minutes. They can't really make mm. anything. Have you ever thought about being a TV chef, Helen? Yeah, when I was, say, 13, I think that was kind of my dream job. And it was because daytime TV to me was the most exotic thing in the world because I was only allowed to stay home from school sick about one day every four years. Mm. And so when I did, there was Ready, Steady, Cook and This Morning, which often had a chef on it. And I just thought, if only I could be a TV cook slash chef. What kind of of thing would you specialise in, do you think? Well, I think I would actually be quite bad, Ollie, because I like doing it in my own time and therefore not having to worry about getting the result right on cue before you go to the ads. But also, uh, and this isn't the way it should be, it's just the way the current trend is, isn't it? 
as a woman, you mm. basically have to be fucking the camera at the same time that you're cooking. Like Delia mm. doesn't, but all the oh. other women do. Who are all the other women? Sophie Dahl and Nigella and that woman who does the cakes. They're all just the fucking rain. the camera. Yeah. It's all about smouldering and pouting. And what about the tubby ladies? They don't do that, do they? That, years since they were on telly. Oh, they don't, yeah, yeah, one of them's dead. One of them's been dead for oh. like ten years. <laughs> yeah, she's not so sexy. Whereas if you're a man, you have to be in some way quite eccentric, like Heston Blumenthal yeah. obviously is with his yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah. And I made this ice cream in a shoe. Or he Finley with install and stuffing things inside things. Or Anthony Worrell Thompson with his improbable fame. <laughs> and his seriously, shop- and his <laughs> recent thing with him. And his recent shoplifting bouts but and his ju- apparent mental illness. <laughs> nice, nice example though. Ollie is good. Keep it light, Ollie. Keep it light. Ainsley Harriet with his shed full of corpses. <laughs> Anyway, uh, on that note, um, let us know what you'd make if you were a TV chef. And if, you, if you're looking to employ a not very qualified TV cook, you know how to find you know me, listeners, because all of our contact details are, of course, on our website, answermethispodcast.com, where you can find all kinds of things, as we're always telling mm. you, our links to Facebook and Twitter. You can buy our classic episodes. Written stuff. Yeah. Our recent episodes, including, of course, our, our landmark answer me this episode 200 from last december and there's pictorial evidence of our special guests on that which has uh, proven quite interesting to some of you listeners as evidenced by this call hi helen and ollie this is john from portsmouth it's a, it's a question really about your 200 episode so ollie because i've been on the website there is no way that is your mum there is absolutely no way that is your mum and Helen, answer me this. Did he really come out of that? Because firstly, she is fit. She looks younger than you, Ollie, and you're an absolute munter. So I mean, your dad looking at him now isn't exactly the finest. But, but your dad looks like her mum. Oh, that is not your mum. That is just no way is that your mum. I'm not having it. It just can't be. And if you say it is, Helen, you're a lying old hag. And Martin, I'm surprised he's me handsome as well. Helen, you punched so above your weight. Uh, I tell you what, it's one of the best. I've never been on your website before, and as you can tell, it's tickled me pink. Fantastic. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> wow. good, it's good to end the show where Ollie and I feel quite insulted, and <laughs> Martin the Soundman has had a compliment, but it's difficult for him to enjoy it 100% because it is at my expense. Yeah. Uh, and that is my mum sorry but it is I did come out of that and you got to suckle on those (laughs) that's what he's thinking too isn't it you do look quite a lot like her so you definitely did come out of her I've got the same cheekbones haven't I and the same eyes yeah yeah. I I have carried on some line of beauty (laughs) Uh, (laughs) anyway so yes what a great advert for our website come and gawp at our comparative levels of ugliness and attractiveness Um, so so all that's on the website as well as of course pictures of some of the things you've been sending us in the post if you do want to send us more for our fifth birthday uh, cards or presents the full address is there which is answer me this p.o box 53587 london se19 9bq and may i just reiterate that if you are the north wales police <laughs> i'm not giving you any money it's not my problem okay <laughs> tell whoever it is to write the numbers better on the envelope yeah. all right yeah. bye, bye.